It's Monday, May 8th, and we have Aaron Keen from Second Bottle Wine in Churchill, Puffy Tacos, and how does Scott feel about this new music festival? Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia, your number one podcast source for food news and interviews with the people who make Virginia restaurants great. Follow us on social media at Eat It Virginia and be sure to subscribe to the podcast for your on your favorite podcast app. This is not a recording. I do this live. My name is Scott Wise and I am joined as always by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Are you a hoarder, Roby? Before you answer that question, we have a great interview coming up with Aaron Keen from Second Bottle in Churchill. So you guys want to stick around for that interview coming up in about 10 minutes. But before that, I have this question for you. Are you a hoarder, Roby? Do you keep things from your past? Um, I'm not a hoarder, though. Ryan would say it differently. I am sentimental, though. That's a perfect answer, because I feel the same exact way. Wow. I am also very sentimental. And I opened up a drawer uh, the other day in my house while I was cleaning, and this is what I found. It's stacks of papers. These papers are bank statements and credit card or debit card receipts from when I opened my bank account after college in 1999, 2000, and 2001. And it has opened up a, it has shined a light on my, my, my young adulthood <laughs> in my past. And I just want to share some of the highlights with you, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Well, first, you are a hoarder. If you <laughs> so I want to make sure that we are very specific about the fact that, yes, you can be sensitive and sentimental and also a hoarder. <laughs> Well, we're going to make this relevant for our conversation today because of the restaurants that have appeared on this bank statement. I graduated college in May of 99 and moved back to Richmond. My first purchase was at the ABC store. <laughs> well done. Yes. Okay, that, nothing's changed. So here are some of the restaurants that are still around. Some of them are, are gone, but Damon's in Innsbruck was one of the first restaurants I went to. Did I bartend for you? You might have. We might have met in a past life. Isn't that hilarious? Oh my gosh, Scott Wise! I was a bartender there. I'm telling you, man, this opens up a it opens up a whole new it's a wormhole. I'm jumping through. All right, Bottoms Up Pizza still around. Still around. Tobacco Company still around. Sorry, Baja Bean almost still around. Um, way better iteration this time. Cleaner bathrooms, yes. less mold. Boy Chicks still around. Freaking great restaurant. I hope it's around forever. I went to Hooters a lot, <laughs> according to my bank statements. That's a little bit of an insight into your younger life well, there. So Why? when I was in high school, we used to go weekly for the trivia nights. I think it was Wednesday or, yeah, or Thursday. And I, got, I must have continued that tradition in my early adulthood. And a couple other names. I realize I'm boring people, but this is just exciting to me. Sharky's, Commercial Tap House, Double T's. So Sharky's, I probably would have been there. Double T's, gross. Why? And then what was the third one? I got a few more. Main Street State, Main Street Beer Company. You're not going there ever again, Uh, thank God. Nacho Mama's, New York Deli, Baker's Crust Buddies, Strawberry Street Cafe. So Baker's Crust Buddies, New York Deli, all still in existence. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, thank you for indulging me. I just wanted to bring that up because it cracked me up and hopefully it brings back some nice memories for those of you listening. I freaking love it. 
Our last episode, we spoke to Jesse down at Virginia Beach, and you spent some time recently in Virginia Beach. Obviously, you you split your time between Richmond and Virginia Beach, and you went to the Something in the Water Festival. I did go to Something in the Water Festival, which, by the way, I think that they should think about just maybe making Something in the Water two days <laughs> instead of three. Yeah. Because it is... Let's just say that we're recording this lots of days after I went to something in the water and I'm still not quite recovered. What, what exactly was in the water? That's the big question. Man. Uh, great. The festival is outstanding. The logistics were phenomenal. Um, it poured rain a bunch of times and they still handled it with like crazy fin- finesse. I had a... I'm laughing at Rob, who did the um, intro and, and out of the piece that was on Channel 6, where he called Jesse Weichel's, he called him Weichel. So I had a Weichel puffy taco. A little, uh, I'll, I'll raise the curtain on that one. So I wrote that script for Rob to read. And, you know, I, if I just put in W-Y-K-L-E, Rob could pronounce it. A thousand different ways. And I don't see Rob. I mean, Rob works overnights. I work not overnights. So I, p- I wrote it out phonetically. Wykill. W-Y-W-H-Y dash K-I-L-L. Uh, I didn't tell him how to like emphasize. So he emphasized it wrong. But Well, uh, Jesse and I have been back and forth about that because I'm like, come on, man. This is like a new menu name for you. Anyway, I had a puffy taco. The one that he actually talked about with the ground beef. Phenomenal phenomenal. I could eat like 50 of them. Um, we had the chips and guacamole and salsa, but really it's the puffy tacos for me. Um, I saw a billion different, um, music artists. And I gotta say, if you've never seen machine gun Kelly, you should see machine gun Kelly. He hung off the soundstage and rapped. Anyway, I don't it was phenomenal. I'm I'm not I'm not going to digress, but I also want to. Um, they had excellent food. Excellent. That's great to hear. Yeah, I mean, just amazing stuff. And so, yeah, it was great. It was really, really great. And I saw Jesse, and they he was over where they were selling really large weed plants. Um, this company called Frosties seems on brand. Seems totally on brand, right? So yeah, super, super fun. Speaking of music festivals, this is really not an Eat It Virginia thing, but you are a pretty avid follower of Fish, who is one of Corin Capshaw's artists. They're in his right? stable, yes. Right, and and we have that new, it's not something in the weather, what is it called? The Iron Blossom Festival coming up in august yeah tell me as a festival goer of someone who has been to a haymaker productions event how they how do do they do them well the the news broke this week about this festival in monroe park so there's a lot of questions about exactly how it's going to be set up where is the stage going to be how do you prevent people from wandering into the park where like how far away from the park can people without tickets possibly be? It looks incredible. I love it. I mean, live music is my thing. I I, I cannot wait to see how this works out. I cannot wait for Corin Capshaw's new amphitheater to be built down by the river. So fish could make it their triumphant return to Richmond for the first time since 1994. Like it's going to be an incredible time for live music in Richmond. And I cannot wait to experience it. I think that right now people should book hotels near the 
park so you can hear the music on your balcony. What do you think? Well, the VCU dorms are right there too. So the the kids that are moving in freshman dorm, they can just lean out their window, hopefully safely, hopefully hopefully safely and uh, listen to the music. Yeah. It's incredible. It's an interesting venue. Like I'm not sure why they chose that place. There seems to be more natural places to have it. Browns Island or where the folk festival is on Tredegar. Um, But great. The more live music, the better. So I feel like the reason why they chose it is think about all the hotels that are nearby. Think about all the I mean, places. It's not a big it. city though. It's like, that it, it, it could be. It doesn't matter. You still have, that's a, a, a lot of hotels and a lot of restaurants that are going to get an influx of individuals supporting local. There's a bunch of local and boutique hotels right there. There's a bunch of local restaurants that don't get the athletes that they could get. I feel like it's an amazing place for them to have chosen. Now, do I think that Richmond is going to handle this well? I mean, we've already shown that we're like worried about having it there. I wish that we'd show that we're excited about having it there and just you hear my voice. I am excited. I know, but like we can help the infrastructure by being a little bit more positive, maybe. I mean, says me, the fire breathing dragon. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a moment. Let's let's segue to so Roby. Um, obviously, he's a longtime food critic in Richmond, Virginia, and around the state. Her her first, well, in this iteration of her career at Style Weekly, her first review was published uh, this month, this week of of Strezza with your new partner James Ford. I'm not too jealous. My name was not mentioned anywhere in the whole entire review. Uh, oh man apparently, what apparently you're part of the cbs6 food team wait that's you and me <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, so we should, oh i'm sorry you okay next time we'll put your name you're a here. huge part of the food team you're half of it that's i am yes i am 50 percent of the food team <laughs> hilarious no i'm just kidding i love you and i love james and i love what you're doing uh for the food. Little baby ego on Scott Wise. I really like this. Next time I'm totally saying your name 42 times. That is no secret. Anyway, um, let's talk about the review because on the last couple of podcasts, you uh, pretty openly expressed your opinion that there wasn't a lot of critical reviews of our uh, amazing food scene in, in publication. There's like a pretty big blur between uh, influencers and cheerleaders versus, versus critics, which you clearly are a critic. Um, and yeah. So I read the review. Um, it seemed fair. We had talked about your experience there before. I, I kind of knew what was coming a little bit. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, have you, and you pointed out great aspects of your experience there and you pointed out areas where the restaurant could improve. Um, how did you feel about the final product as it was printed in style? So I, I, I like it. I think James and I are still trying to figure out how our voices are going to go together, right? So like there may be some choppy issues there. I will say that not one of the things that we discussed from an improvement standpoint can't be improved like tomorrow. So if oversalting is an easy improvement, just don't salt or salt less. Um, table touches is an easy thing to do, right? All of the stuff that we talked about is incredibly easy to navigate. Are there some larger issues perhaps at play? Maybe, but that's not up to me to figure out for a restaurant. What's up to me is to talk about where things that are in their control and and controllable can be elevated. And I thought that's exactly what that review did on both James and my part. I, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I know that I can have a relatively harsh eye. So I 
want to mitigate that in a place where it is out in the world. Yeah. And as I said previously, what you say matters, right? And constructive criticism is exceptional when it's constructive. Did you and James dine together or do you dine separately? So both. We did both because we felt like it was important for us to have two different perspectives on the chance that my visit was way, way better or way, way not that great, right? And how is James as a dinner date? Hilarious. He's just a joy to be around. And he's, um, I think that this is going to be a really good um, outlet for him. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm glad your writing is back in. uh, I'm glad you're back talking about our local restaurant scene in print again, because it's always a good read. And I don't have to edit it this time, which is even better. Oh, my gosh. I'm not that bad to edit. (laughs) But really, Scott, I want to make sure what what we say matters. And we know that. Right. You know that. Right. I do. I do. What we drink matters as well. We're taping this on Thursday, May 4th, and I'm promising myself that I'm going to visit Aaron Keene at Second Bottle in Churchill this weekend to buy one or two bottles from her. I still can't get over the fact that she um, was part of Tasting Table and Laberna Den. You you start stuttering and fangirling. It's like you, you can't collect yourself. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I, you know. It was, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, she's very cool. And I think her knowledge is great. And I think it's really awesome that she's part of our Richmond food scene. Let's get to that interview with Aaron Keene at Second Bottle. Obviously, I'm going to start with what I think is interesting, Scott, and that's wine. I've started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gone. God, she's, she's getting sneaky in, in, in episode 102. You're getting sneaky. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about wine? Generally, I love wine. So how do you feel about the second bottle of wine? I typically don't make it to the second bottle of wine. Wow. So, there you go. Our guest today, Aaron like Keen, of, you are getting punked, <laughs> of second bottle wine is going to tell you why you should get to the second bottle. Okay, Aaron, enlighten us, please. It's the best bottle of the night. <laughs> there it is. Podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> Mic dropped. So cool thing. Second bottle wine located in Church Hill. Open for maybe a little over a year. Two years. Two years. Holy moly. Yes. Just had our two year anniversary. So two years. You came from, and I think this is very neat. And I'm sure everybody asked you about this. So I'm just going to do it and get it over with. Laburn it in. That's right. So let's walk through that. How did that happen? What brought you to Richmond after? And how, is Eric cool? Oh, yes. <laughs> he is very sunny, I would say, to describe him. He's just this very sunny individual whenever I worked in the office, mostly, and then in the private dining rooms. Uh, so I would see interact with him at his computer or at his desk, and he was always just this very sunny presence. Uh, I, I can't speak as much to his presence in the kitchen. He might have been a little harder there, but... Uh, in general, he was a very pleasant being to be around, and I, I really did love my time there. I was working in private events, so that entails work with every department of that restaurant, uh, the accounting office, the sommeliers, the kitchen, uh, but then also all of the clientele, too. So it was sort of working with everyone there to put on these events. We were putting on maybe 
up to 20 events a week in their private dining rooms. 20? Yes, it was How many busy. people in the private dining rooms? Like, could you fit? Anywhere from a private lunch between Oprah and Alicia Keys to 160 people. Name drop. <laughs> <laughs> Two, in that, in that case, to up to 160 we can fit. Oh, cool. Yes. So cool. I know you have questions, Go. I know I mean, you do. <laughs> I know it's coming. Let's hear some more names. Who, who, who did you work with? Uh, I mean, I worked with... Who did you help? Oh, different clients. I mean, those were probably the biggest ones. Those two. Yes, yes. Uh, John Legend performed. Um, I mean, those those are probably the biggest. For how many years were you there? Where are we in the timeline of your life? I was there for three years, and it was just at the end of my time in New York City. So that was... I was there until COVID, essentially. Uh, and before that, I worked at other restaurants in and around New York, also working in events, in the event space, but also working front of house um, and as a private assistant. So so what brought you to New York in the food industry? I graduated college and food was something that I was very interested in. So I uh, started working in restaurants and then that led me to um, – a job as the assistant to Chef Gabrielle Hamilton of Prune Restaurant. And then, Yum. Read that book. It's great. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so was the restaurant. Um, and then I moved to Tasting Table, which was a kind of food and recipe, food news and recipe website. Uh, and I did their private events as well, uh, which led me to La Bernadette. Man, what a trajectory. Also, I read, 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 read. Speak. I'm so stoked about Tasting Table. I can't get anything out. Oh, I'm so glad you know it. Yes. Yes, yeah. I read all the things. Yes, I love it. I mean, obviously, I'm a reader. I read um, Gabriel Hent, her whole book. I can't even talk. You got to talk, Scott. (laughs) Literally, my palms are sweaty. I'm so stoked. You went to school for hospitality? I went to school for communication, okay. uh, but there was a huge hospitality school at my university, and so I would sneak into classes whenever I could. Uh, it was Cornell? It was Cornell, okay. yes, yes. Um, that's, that's the big one. It's the big Chauncey one. Chauncey went to. Yeah, she she for, might for know Chauncey. We do not, actually. I, I've heard so many wonderful things, but we have not officially met, actually. Oh, we're going to make that happen. Come on, I feel, like, I feel like it's probably a product of both of us being very busy and yeah. on separate ends of uh, the city. So, <laughs> What brought you to Cornell? Softball, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting that, but yes. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I, yeah, I played softball, so. <laughs> okay. That's so cool. Yes, yes. Admit that. Are you kidding? <laughs> Not only does she love food, she's also athletic, which I can say I love food. Did your um, <laughs> outfield, infield? What, what was infield. Your, infield? Infield, yes. So high school softball star? Yes, yes. Where then got to college that? and you have that, that's deflated. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I doubt that. Where did you go to high school? I went to high school at a very small school in northeastern Pennsylvania called Blue Ridge. Okay. Which is where I grew up. Very, very which town is that? New Milford. New Milford, PA. Is that near New Jersey? Or no? no, it's very close to the New York border, actually. Okay. It's maybe 15 minutes from the New York border. Close to, and then also close to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Sure. Is the other. I'm like, I was in the middle of Scranton and Binghamton, New York. So cool. So what brought you to Richmond? Yeah, it's wild. Uh, and it was a huge jump from New York City, but considering... <laughs> no, considering no, the, no, no, no. No, we're about the same pace. You right, don't think we are? Right, exactly. Oh, huh. And the, the same amount of green space, too. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> equal, equal. Uh, I guess considering the circumstances of the time, uh, I was in a place where I was ready for a big jump. Um, life as I knew it had really just shut off there, and... In that time, I started formulating the plans for this wine shop, and 
while I was on the journey to find where the best place or where the best fit would be for it, uh, I had a camping trip planned down here to visit a good friend of mine who lived down here who I had visited in the before time. So I already knew Richmond and had visited the breweries and had dinner at Stella's and had Sub Rosa. And I knew what it was all about sort of before COVID. Uh, and then we came down for a camping trip and all of a sudden we're sitting around the campfire and she's like, what about Richmond? And I was like, it was like the huge fireworks, you know, I was like, wow, yes, I had never thought about it as a place that I wanted to live. But all of a sudden, I was like, it makes so much sense in so many ways. Uh, Who is this angel? Her name is Allison Intahar, and she is an angel. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Allison. Now I get to geek out about tasting table and prune and everything else. (laughs) I mean, come on. So what when was this? This was in 2020? That was in, well, yeah, 2020. So I lost my job in March of 2020. By June of 2020, the business plan was already reaching completion, at least a first draft of it. And I had made started making a couple trips back down to Richmond to really do some digging. What is it about a wine shop that attracted you? Well, I wasn't quite brave enough to open my own restaurant, <laughs> uh, but I wanted it to be in the hospitality realm. Uh, and that felt manageable as myself as a single person. So uh, the plans for a wine shop started to formulate. And also a wine shop was always something that was really important to me in neighborhoods that I had lived in, bakery being the other one. Uh, (laughs) But I had such a good experience and such a good feeling coming from the different wine shops, the different neighborhood wine shops that I had experienced that I felt like that was something that I would like to bring to people. Do you feel like a wine shop defines the neighborhood or the neighborhood defines the wine shop? Ooh, so interesting. And I feel like the neighborhood defines the wine shop. Uh, I feel like I came in with a perspective of what I wanted Second Bottle to be. uh, But also that has been dictated by my neighbors and the people who spend their time in Second Bottle. Uh, So I think we give each other, we work off of each other. Speaking of your neighbors, I think I was first introduced to you uh, via the Cobra Burger Instagram, ah. which, is, which is one of the best. Instagrams wow, that's in embarrassing. Town. Well, no, they uh, they they have a point of view and stick to it, and I really love that about them. Absolutely, like there's no Among wavering. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, you know, I love those dudes with everything I have, but like I just really enjoy their grip on this is the way things are going to be. By the way, same, Cobra Burger is how I learned about you. And I loved your your, your, your term there, grip, because that's exactly what you had on that burger in the <laughs> yeah, picture they that's posted. That's why I said it's embarrassing. Yeah, that, was like my, duck, that was my modeling two debut. Hands, you know? like full <laughs> bites. What is it like how to... How else do you hold a Cobra and it was, Burger? And it was the stingring, so the egg, you know? Oh, I was just trying just to like contain it all, you know? Oh, they yeah. posted that picture like four times. Now. You, gotta, you have to oh. go back and get some new... new I'm so grateful, there. yeah. I'm hoping <laughs> they give her royalties in the form of burgers. <laughs> That's right. So what is it about... First of all, how is it working across the street from those guys? And then secondly, just reiterate kind of how the Churchill neighborhood has, has uh, infused into, into Second Bottle. Yeah, I would love to because... So it was one thing to make this jump to come to Richmond. And then I arrived here and I was like, oh, wait, I don't know anyone. (laughs) Uh, I already had an idea of um, how much I loved Churchill and how much I hoped to be there. So when we ended up there, we were deep in the process of building out. uh, And all of a sudden, Joshua and Adam come over one day and they're like, no way, a wine shop is coming in here? And I was like, no way, a burger (laughs) shop is coming in next door? So we were really opening around the same time, but... uh, 
yeah, it was just really nice to have fast friends, I guess. Uh, we're going through this together. We're opening around the same time. They already had a big community here in Richmond, or at least we're building one. Uh, so that was helpful, too, because they brought a lot of people to the corner. Uh, but also Ryan at Eight and a Half has been wonderful and very uh, a great resource to bounce ideas off of or just eat his focaccia I mean, <laughs> on Fridays. Right? Oh, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she, I don't know how she's not as wide as a like a double wide trailer. Like she has the burger, she she's has the eight and a half. Yeah, that's what it is. Probably she jogs like twenty miles a morning. She's playing softball every morning. Um, but, the in the church league. Yes, yes, that's like a great little spot to have an eight and a half and a co. I mean, you could not have picked a better place to put a wine shop. It's dangerous. Lots of people walk to you. Yes, yes. Uh, walking distance from uh, many. I mean, there's. It's mostly residential, and the parks are right there too, which was a big draw for me personally. Um, so there's a lot of people, and it's a big dog neighborhood too uh, because of the green space. So people are already out and walking, uh, which is easy to discover us. Then you know. So what has changed from your as Scott asked, like when you came in, like what? inventory look all that stuff has changed from your initial thought i mean you have obviously wonderful ones from all your background in new york to now that you've gotten here and you're two years in well the task of creating the initial inventory list is colossal in itself i still think about starting at that but I don't think that has so much changed or like my idea of the wines that I want to have or the quality of wines that I want to have on the shelf. I feel like what has been dictated by the neighborhood or has evolved since I've gotten to know the people who live around us or the people who shop consistently with us um, are price points, regions that they are interested in. Um, we have neighbors from Gaillac that drink wine exclusively from the Gaillac region of France. So I, I adore them, and I want to uh, cater to them. So as a result, I feel like our Gaillac section has grown more than maybe I would have initially thought, but th That's as it should. cool. Things like that. Um, so, yes, I feel like we work together, and I, I want to provide wines that people can drink any day of the week, uh, but I also want to provide wines that they can come they know they can come and get a special bottle of champagne for a special occasion or if people want to get their wines for their wedding from us we'll we'll work with you on a price point that are wines that we're both proud to serve you but also wines that uh can fit your budget too oh that's so cool so this is like a i don't know if you read i'm sure you do i read the wall street journal i don't know that tells you about me but letty teague, yeah I'm, i am um letty teague has just been I don't know. People have kind of rammed up against her about her natural wine take. And I'd love to know how you feel about that. I don't know anyone, as she says, who would say I'd like your unnatural wine. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting how people are so polarized, like in between that whole, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it just shitty wine? I think it's something that's misunderstood. I think it's a term that's thrown around a lot. Uh, without much understanding, perhaps, behind what natural wine actually means, or it, there isn't really a true definition to it either. Um, often people will come in and they'll ask for natural wine, but they don't really know what they're asking for beyond that. Is it organic practices that you're looking for? Is it uh, the process of fermentation that you're looking for with native yeasts? Uh, do you not want, do you want low sulfites? What, what are you looking for? Uh, so I feel like there's confusion with that, uh, which can lend itself to 
thinking that it's these juicy wines that have nothing in them and there's not really much winemaking happening behind them, uh, which I don't think is the case. I think... Uh, They're not all free run. They're not just like crushing yeah, on yeah, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> crushing themselves and then pouring it into the yeah. bottle and you drink it from there. Yeah. No, nope, that's not it? Not, not it. Not, oh. qu- not quite. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a, a much bigger process it's a dedication to the land uh that that's the biggest thing i think it's farmers farmers who are really paying attention to the soil to the health of their land uh and as a result the grapes are healthier the juice is better uh and then they're not adding a ton of preservatives uh to the wine as a result they could end up being wines that are more drink now uh, so not necessarily wines you want to throw in your cellar and revisit 10 years from now. Uh, but th- I don't think that makes them any less uh, quality. So that's cool. Are you familiar with the natural wine? I'm not. So it's like a, right now I think it's just having an upswing. I, I don't personally feel like that we didn't have natural wines or whatever you're going to call natural wines uh, five years ago. I just think all of a sudden people are like, let's – have more natural wine and you know now that people are like a lot more skin contact is being brought forward which is like my one of my favorite because i like all that weird funk i don't know it's maybe it's because i like all that funky beer so Mm. i think the two tie i think maybe people think of those as more natural for some odd reason i'm not really sure i'm the kind of wine shopper that walks into the wine shop try to look smart but really i'm just like overtaken by a, a, a label on a bottle so what is your typical I mean, this is actually going to be a really... She's going to be able to answer this because I've been in your shop and it's very neat. What's your typical price point? If you were going to drink on a Wednesday... Yeah, sure. $20 or less. Right, so... For a bottle, yeah. And you would most likely... Not you specifically, Scott, but you collectively may go to the grocery store to do that, right? It depends, but yes, typically. So what could he get for let's say 20 to 25 because i'm betting you could get two bottles um (laughs) um that is a good because there's a lot of crap at the grocery store let's i'm just going to be real frank about it there's some icky stuff it starts with bear and ends with foot put it back (laughs) what could he get that's interesting that you say that because this has been a goal of mine since day one and has maintained throughout that i want people to be able to come into second bottle and drink like a king for twenty dollars I like it. Wednesday Night King. And yes. there it is. You put me exactly. on a poster. That's going to be the star yes. next to one of the bottles yes. now. It's going to be the Wednesday Night King bottle. Because I understand that. I, I often have to remind myself of what it was like when I was a consumer myself, not the person buying the wine. But I only wanted to spend $20 uh, on a bottle if I'm going to drink it on a Wednesday too. Um, and I think that's where it starts. But then once you start trying the $25 bottles, you might be convinced that maybe you don't mind splurging every once in a while for the special one. But you should be able to get quality bottles of wine for $20 that really make a difference on your table or in your evening. So I, too, have been to your wine shop a couple of times. And I don't have a specific example, but I remember being like just taken by the labels and the descriptions of the wine that, that I assume you wrote. Yes. Um, what, what's the thought process behind those descriptions? Cause I remember specifically being like, wow, like these are selling these bottles to me more so than like the label or anything else. So I like her descriptions a ton because it's not like this wine will make the lights go out. <laughs> like I actually get some, some stuff with yours. Like you give me some real like 
taste descriptors, which is important to me. So what is your thought process? Yes. Uh, again, as a consumer, I used to prefer shops that offered those as well, just because if you're not working in wine and living and breathing it every minute, you you aren't familiar necessarily with these producers or these regions or labels maybe are attractive, but you don't know what they're telling you or what they mean. Uh, and often the varietal isn't even listed on them. So Instead of walking around and choosing on the labels, I wanted to give you the opportunity to perhaps have a little tidbit of information about the producer or about the tasting notes or maybe pairing suggestions if you're making dinner and you're looking for something that could work for that. Uh, so that's the goal with the tags is to guide the shopping experience a little bit and give you uh, something to go by and give you an idea of what you're getting into before you commit to a bottle. I'm glad you brought up pairing because that was a question I was going to ask you. Being a non-wine expert, um, are, are pairings or is that a real thing? Is that a marketing thing or a science thing? As I definitely believe it's a science thing, uh, and this stems from an internship that I had actually in college at Food and Wine Magazine in Ireland, uh, where I really experienced for the first time the power that wine and food have together. It really, when it's right, wow. It enhances the food. It enhances the wine. Um, so I do believe that there is a science to it. However, I also understand that wine consumption is an enjoyable activity. And I do, having worked in retail, I do understand that at the end of the day, what you want to drink is something that you're going to enjoy, whether it works with the food or not. Uh, so yes, there is definitely a science when people are seeking that. Uh, but there's also just living and enjoying the wine that you're drinking on the table. And sometimes you want a red wine, even though you want a big, bold red, even though what you're eating does not dictate that. <laughs> What's been your experience with that, Ruby, with um, pairing wines and foods and things that might not typically be uh, the, the classic pairing that kind of excited you or, or, or stuck out in your mind? Have you had one? Oh, God. Yes. It's actually, I, I'm so glad that you talked about your revelatory experience. I was at a slow food conference um, in in Turin, and the individual behind Canyon and oh. another um, individual paired that Wild Creek that you know with food and mind blown, like like mind blown. And they always say that wine or beer with food is like a handshake or a hug because they're supposed to elevate each other. Um, I think that. If you have someone that understands it, like Aaron would, I think that you saying, even you saying, I'm going to have an Italian sandwich tonight, um, she'll probably say, what, are you going to put peppers on it? And then that can take your whole $20 Wednesday Night King bottle <laughs> to like a totally different place because maybe she says oh you want to know what would really hit this i'm thinking this wine from the guyac region of france might do something cool for you i mean maybe not but like i think that it it's brilliant to have someone who understands the two for someone who may want to understand it like you do scott yeah i don't even understand it i would need her help too what kind of questions do, pe do people have for you when uh, they come into your shop for the first time? What's the most interesting question first? Ooh, uh, there is one customer in particular <laughs> who comes in and always has adjectives for what wines he's looking for. So he's like, I need a... But really, off-the-wall adjectives. Justin Lowe, like, probably. It's Justin Lowe. <laughs> well, and he I'm, probably I'm, comes in with like... 
Dude, the letter today is E. <laughs> Justin's Justin's a bubbles man. He likes he likes his champagne. I love Justin that about you, yes. Justin. Yeah, me too. Me too. I get, we can we can relate on that. Um, actually, I should just reveal this customer. It's Joshua from Coverburger. Oh, of course it is. You need, you mean take care? <laughs> he has adjectives. What for are the some of the adjectives that, that he wow, brings I'm up? Because to, Lord knows, um, I love this. When he was on our podcast, he had quite a few adjectives. He's putting on a sock. You ought to, I've, is the video still up? Uh, I gotta find it. Oh man, that I, think guy, it was I have by to YouTube. find this too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he, we, it was during the panda times, and he put on and took off a sock for a while. <laughs> he was like laying in bed upside down. Yeah. It was. At one point, his head was back. It was amazing. <laughs> it was a good. That was a good interview. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, adjectives <laughs> from to, back to adjectives. from from Joshua James Franklin. All all kinds of fun. I mean, I'm not even going to do them justice. Things like playful or sincere. It depends on his mood or or the occasion. I think too. Uh, I love that if it's a gift bottle, if it's just one they're in, enjoying at the park. Uh, so, yeah, it's I fun. Love that. Today, I would like a moody but assertive wine. Right. Or a bathtub wine. That's always one that's um, baffling to me because I feel like it's such a personal. A it's whatever whatever you want to drink in the bathroom. But I get that. Like, sure. I mean, obviously, I think it is very personal. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. But I do get into a bathtub with a glass of wine. Sure. They make the trace. What kind of wine that's would you like for. in your bath? Yeah, true. Sure. So I'm a bubbles girl, too. Yeah. Bubble want, bath and bubbles I'm, drinker. I want bubble i mean i kind of want bubbles all the time because i just really really love them but yeah the bathtub demands a like a beautiful i mean yeah fine nice wispy bubble yeah whiskey bubble whispy oh whiskey oh my god now we're talking yeah you're like like, you pour whiskey in your one mm -hmm. i like a good i mean i don't take baths often so when i do i like it to be gotcha now i'm really curious what kind of uh bath wine josh wants Oh. Can't get an image out of my head. Sorry, Josh. I don't know. Does he ask for a bathtub <laughs> no. one? That's yeah. Those are separate. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bathtub wine are you? Oh, bubbles for sure. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Look at that. But I also I have realized that, well, normally it's hot tub, what I'm drinking. If I'm like going to be in a hot tub, I'll drink wine. And it really, uh, you can't really taste the wine much because you're just roasting in this hot tub. And like it, takes, it takes a lot away <laughs> from the wine. You're drinking the wine, sure, but you're not really tasting the wine. More than you should be drinking right. the wine. Yeah, really, you yeah. don't even realize. Yeah. Yeah, as, a, as a boiling, yeah, you're sous vide <laughs> Exactly. I want to circle back to uh, the decision you made to move to Richmond. You said you had been to Stella's and you had been to Sub Rosa, which thank you for bringing those lovely pastries that I'm drooling and I over across the table. <laughs> it looks like a cookie in there. Oh, yeah, all of our guests should bring us pastries. That is a prerequisite now. I'm just going to send it out. Oh, I kind of assumed that it was. <laughs> Definitely, yes. We get, what was I saying? We get yes. lots of gifts all the time. Um, so you've been to Richmond before, maybe not a ton. What were you, like when you moved here, what were some of the things where you looked around town and you were, yes, this is where I want to be. This is the kind of restaurant. What were the places that you went to, you dined at? What impressed you about Richmond? I was very struck by Churchill, the neighborhood in general. Uh, the green space was a big part of that. I had a dog. at the. I have a dog. Uh, and <laughs> so that was appealing. But all these parks that are very close by within walking distance. Uh, and then the food scene, really. I ha- What I had experienced of it was exciting. And uh, so I, the fear of leaving New York is always that you'll be bored or there won't be enough things to excite you. And I didn't feel like that would be the case here. And that is exactly what I've experienced, too. Um, 
definitely Churchill was what I was most drawn to. Um, when I first moved here, though, I, I didn't move to Churchill because I didn't have the commercial space yet. So I moved downtown uh, and then which felt kind of central because I wasn't sure where the shop would end up um, and then just hit the ground trying to find commercial spaces and luckily ended up in Churchill. We knocked on a lot of windows and call, made a lot of calls and got very lucky with the space that we did. And uh, yeah, so that that was definitely the goal from the beginning to end up there. So what are some of the places now three years or three years later, right? Because you moved here in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Some of the places now that you find yourself gravitating towards around town? Um, I don't get out as much as I would like to. Preach. <laughs> Spend a lot of time in the walls of Second Bottle uh, and at Cobra and at Eight and a Half. Um, but, I mean, right on 27th Street alone, we have Grisette and Alewife right down the street, which is wonderful. Uh, Pizza Bones, Metzger. I mean, I don't leave Churchill very often, can you tell? Uh, but also, I mean – I've made it to uh, – I love Dinamo and Edo's. Uh, I have made it to Brenner Pass for dinner once, which was very nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't get out as much as I would like. But the nights that I do have off, I, I enjoy cooking at home, and I miss doing that very much. Uh, so it's also fun to just cook something special and bring home a special bottle. And, so what are you cooking at home then? Ooh, uh, well, my partner is – Jackie Wayne Beef. I don't know if you've heard of that butcher yes. shop that was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have a lot of wonderful beef around frequently, so we eat a lot of beef. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then my friend Allison, who lives here, also enjoys cooking over a fire, so we'll often, you know, grab some pork chops or something and cook over a fire at her house, too. So great. Yeah. All good things with wine. Do you think we're. Being that you've had so much experience, you know, everybody's like, oh, I wish we had this or which we had this. And when you were in New York, the options were quite honestly just more. I don't know if they were more varied, but there were just more. Do you feel like there's something we might be missing that mm. would be? Uh, well, one thing that I look for all the time, and it might be here, I just don't know yet or haven't been introduced yet, are dumplings. I really and ramen, but uh, apparently there's a ramen place opening any day now in Churchill, so that that could be changing too. But those are two things in particular that I miss because I feel like you know you would be on the train home in New York and stop off and get a thing of dumplings, and that's something that I miss. You would be right. We don't have very many dumplings, sadly. I think there's a couple I hear of happening on the horizon. One of them started. Um, if you're into beer a uh, little spot has started a residency in ardent oh yes uh, little dim sum yes yes some dumplings there and then yes to the slurp ramen that's coming in from kevin Liu of the jasper, the jasper yes yes um pretty cool happenings there so yeah you you're it looks like your prayers are going to be answered i mean with all the fun ramen stuff right Lofty prayers you have there. <laughs> I think they're great prayers. Well, I, we don't I really have a lot of get over to that uh, the karaoke nights at Ardent, but those are on the same nights as our tastings. So Thursday, Thursday, the big night. Thursday, and I learned while you were wandering the halls of CVS, Scott, that um, if you can go taste wine gratis at the second bottle on Thursday, and then if you like what you taste, you can buy a retail bottle. Okay. I'm following you so far. And scoot your happy ass over to Cobra and not have to pay a corkage fee and get a burger. Wine and burgers. 
Wine it and is, burgers. What, what, what would you pair with a Cobra burger? Oh, Lambrusco. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so Apparently she sold a few of those. I was just going to say, no one's ever asked that question before. <laughs> never, never. I'm sure. They're That's like, the hard I'm sure here. I've got this. Well, wait. Okay, so Lambrusco. That's why we're the good. second best podcast in Richmond. <laughs> second. Always the second. Bridesmaid. Um, those, I get the Lambrusco with the burger, right? Like that totally makes sense. But they have like those, I don't know supercharged salt and vinegary like french fry thing does that still work oh yeah i think so nice nice you know what i'm talking about you could also when they had the the sting ring the spicy burger too honestly a bottle of riesling would be great too we also have this um bottle of it's sort of germany's answer to prosecco it's just a little sparkling muller thurgau has a little effervescence, but also like a little, um, it's off dry just to offset the kind of sour notes uh, and the spice on that one burger. I don't think they have it anymore. I actually don't know. I'm, you I'm never pretty know. sure. Those guys. Yeah. If you want to see a Probably picture on of it, today. Though, it's on their Instagram a yeah, few with times this, with Aaron taking a with, huge bite out of it. With Aaron taking with a two massive. Hands grabbing the burger so it yes. doesn't slip <laughs> anywhere. Uh, you mentioned before that uh, neighborhoods, and we talked about neighborhoods and wine shops. And obviously, you know, Churchill is your neighborhood. Churchill neighbors visit your wine shop. I live out in the burbs. I take field trips to the city to visit you, to visit my favorite He makes it sound like it's like so far. <laughs> it's not that it's so far, but if I'm passing 15 places where I can buy wine to buy wine at Second Bottle, I, I would like for you to make the pitch to people who don't necessarily come into the city um, to buy their wine, why they should check Second Bottle out. Sure. Um, I think one of the biggest things that we offer or what we aim to offer is our service or our hospitality while you're there as much or as little of it as you would like to participate because the tags are there. So if you don't really, if it's the end of a long day and you don't want to talk to anyone, you don't have to. Uh, But myself and Garrett who works with me strive to get to know you and get to know your palate and what you like to drink and what you like to cook and uh, what you've had before that you liked or maybe didn't like uh, so that you get that customized service or help when you come in. Uh, It's something that, it's what I love about it, actually, and what I love about having so many neighbors that are our regulars. You know, we we know you and we know what you like, and the tastings are also a helpful way for us to get to know what you like and don't like, uh, and we remember. I know it sounds lame, but uh, Churchill is really a great place to take a little field trip on the weekends. Just if you don't live n- near there, I mean, it's it's. The parks you mentioned, the restaurants we talked about, the bakeries. Discover Richmond, actually, there might be more companies that do this too. We just work with Discover Richmond, but they uh, give food tours of Church Hill, and we're one of the stops on those food tours. But it's such a wonderful way to get to know all that is to offer there. It's walking, so you really make a ton of stops. You get fed very well, uh, and in a short amount of time, you can really get a good feel for what the neighborhood genuinely is. It really is all that they say (laughs) i I love the it's just getting bigger like it's expanding churchill was like you know just a little baby area that people knew and as you individuals like you and cobra burger and fat rabbit start to come to the edges it gets bigger and bigger more places to walk i really like it so question can you still text Alicia Keys? Um, <laughs> this is like a real question I have. I mean, I like Oprah, but I'm just really... Well, I'll tell you the embarrassing thing that happened in my short interaction with Alicia Keys is that I was standing at the door when she walked into the private room and I asked 
to check her coat. And so she hands me her coat and she was also wearing a hat. So I asked if I could check her hat as well. And she was like, oh, no, no, that's part of the look. <laughs> and I was like, oh, of course it is. Of course. Sure, sure. Of I don't know. She did. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Again, can you text her? Uh, I'm, I'd have to look back through it to see if I still have her number, but well, but I'm going to wait. I'll wait for that. You can text me now. You have I'll my you number. Know. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> You're listening to eat it, Virginia with Aaron Keen of second bottle wine, Roby and Scott. So have you reached out to Chauncey yet to let him know that uh, Aaron, that he and Aaron are classmates or schoolmates or whatever you call someone that went to the same school that you did? I don't know what years either of them were there. I haven't. I should, shouldn't I? I should probably be like, you guys should know each other and geek out on wine and fun hospitality stuff and all the things that... And invite us so we can drink with them. Geek out on, right? Oh yeah. Invite us. And I want to learn more things. We a $20 drink like a king on Wednesday. It's funny when when we have these guests, I mean, all of our guests are experts in their own field, but when you and the experts start talking like next level, (laughs) I I realize how much I don't know about so many things. So I'm trying to ask those questions that people in my position uh, might be curious about. And it's not because I'm like playing dumb. It's literally, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And I want to make sure that everybody is on the same Playing field. playing field yeah exactly softball or, or otherwise i think so i i'm i'm always excited when you're like hey 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 let's walk this back a second so we can um we can actually let our one listener in dinwiddie know what this is why is it got to be dinwiddie i know you're not i know you're not besmirching our fine friends in dinwiddie i'm not i'm just saying thanks nancy um <laughs> What opened this week, Scott, or uh, the new uh, urban myth at the back of Busky Cider opened this week? I saw a lot of it on social media. Is that another Mike Lindsay production? Because he was posing in the pictures in front of this food truck outside of uh, Busky. So, yeah, I think it started as a different chef, but Mike Lindsay has taken it over. It's fully gluten-free, permanent food truck at the back of Busky Cider. And they're doing things like, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a Buddha bowl, but you understand that. Like it, like with the rice, and then they have gluten-free sandwiches. Pretty cool. And Mike Lindsay's also opening up another new restaurant called, we could literally have Mike and Kim on the podcast every week and they'd have a new restaurant to open. And tell us about Mike's other new thing. Called Ram's House, no apostrophe. So that's in the old pies and pints, um, which is a great location, especially if you're going to do something like, I don't know, go to happy hour before you go to a VCU game. So I'm kind of excited about that. Should be, I think it's going to be similar food as maybe the sandwiches type situation that they have going on at a couple of their other restaurants. I'm pretty excited about that one. The other restaurant to mention, and it's not an opening, it's a, it's a closing, but uh, it's actually our number one story on the Channel 6 website this month is King's Barbecue down in Petersburg. This historic barbecue spot's been open for 80 years, and one family has owned it this whole time. The owners, which is the original owner's granddaughter, I believe, and her husband have just been, I guess, working themselves to the bone and just need to break, so they're going to close the restaurant. Um, and they were going to close it in June, and then this week, they announced they were closing it. It's, it's closed. It's done. The doors are locked because of... Um, just they, they said they're just working too hard, and some of their staff members are already leaving, and and when they when they made the announcement that they were going to be closing in June, they got so overwhelmed with customers and orders that it just burned them out immediately. So King's Barbecue, 
The doors are closed. You can still order the sauce online. In their interview, they pretty much indicated that they, that they will reopen or pop up at some point. But for fans of King Barbecue now, you're going to have to look elsewhere for your smoked meats. I, pork, I hope they get the much needed rest and this um, like big turnout gave them a little financial influx that they can take themselves on a nice vacation or staycation or whatever they um, feel like doing after working so hard for so long. Did you have a, a best bite this week? So, okay. I got a little story. So yesterday I was on NBC 12. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a second. Earlier in this podcast, you talked about my fragile ego, and now you're just, first you go on a date with James, and, and you write with James, and then you don't mention my name in your article, your fancy new article, and now you're appearing on the arch enemy Channel 12. Just kidding, Channel 12. Well, anyway, for my- <laughs> Anyway, other- wait a second. Anyway, let's address the issue, please. The issue is that we were at a restaurant called 33 Kitchen and Bakery. And the reason why we're there is it's actually a nonprofit. I'm hoping we're going to have them on the podcast. They are a nonprofit restaurant to all the um, money that they make supporting um, the feeding people. They give back to this nonprofit that they own that cleans the rivers. They run cleanup from restaurant trash. It's very, very cool. I have to admit, Scott, I was there at this restaurant. It's out in the middle of nowhere, Richmond, outside of Richmond, towards um, Mountain Road. Sure. And I had zero expectations on the food. I was like, this will be a good sandwich. It'll be plenty adequate. I'm excited that there's going to be a good sandwich. I was told by one of the individuals who goes to eat there a lot that I have to get the brisket. And I'm like, well, brisket's really hard to do, Scott. It could be real tough. It could be real salty. It could be, you know, there's just a lot of hard things that could be not good. That's my best bite of the week. It was amazing. Remind me the name of the restaurant again. 33 Kitchen and Bakery. And it's on Route 33, I'm assuming. 13,400 block of Mountain Road, England Allen. And they are against plastics. Everything they get is from local farms. Um, they their beef is from Seven Hills, I believe. Um, I their coleslaw was outstanding, and I am not a coleslaw fan. I think it gets soggy quickly, but they go through enough of it that it doesn't. I keep saying um because I can't even think. All right. Of, like, well, thank you, Channel Twelve, for getting Roby out there. I guess. <laughs> well, you gotta go. You gotta go. This brisket is great. Did your fate season? Did, it was good. Did you talk on Channel Twelve? Was it like an actual interview with you? No. All right. Thank God. We would have we would have to have a a, a meeting, an off an off podcast meeting, if that was the case. No, 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 no. I'm no. just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, Nothing but love. No. Nothing but love. No, no. That's how you got me over here. Is you stole me from Channel Eight? That's so right. I they, they might be trying to steal you from me. Uh, I went. I had a best bite as well. At our previous get guest Ben and Rachel's spot, Blue Atlas, out in Fulton, I finally got to get out, go out there. Had a great dinner of small plates, and the best bite was the crispy 
Harasa Broccoli. Did I pronounce that right? Harasa? Harasa? Harosa? Harissa? Harissa? Whatever <laughs> it was. On the menu, it's cauliflower, but they were having some kind of supply chain issue. So it, it was a sub for broccoli. It was phenomenal. I don't know if it's healthy. I mean, broccoli, I think it's healthy. So like it should be healthy, but I, I ate the whole dang thing. Crispy Harissa Broccoli. That's it. Three words. Nice charred, spicy ends. Like, do you feel like they were they a little charry and a little spicy? It was covered in this in the sauce in this flavorful spicy mm-hmm. sauce. Now, you probably wouldn't even know it was broccoli if uh, you know if you didn't order it. If someone just ordered oh, it for the table, I bet it was amazing. It was phenomenal. Dro- I was drooling. It was it was the best bite of the week for sure. I loved it out there. I want to go back. It's pretty. It's so pretty out there, and those two are so talented. Will you and James take me one time, or do I have to like? Oh my gosh, this ego is so fragile. Yes, James and I will take you. Man, a lot. Can Channel 12 be there too? This episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> Eat It Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> no! Oh God, no.